Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep and follow us on Twitter at listen and sleep. I'm your host Marco Timpano and joining me on today's podcast is Amanda Barker. Welcome Amanda. Hi, thanks for having me. Amanda, um, many of our listeners know you because I mention you on a lot of our shows. Amanda is my wife. And Amanda, I know that you like to take long drives. I do like to take long drives, but I generally like to go somewhere. So for what, me, a long drive is fun if there is a destination at the other end. What is it about drives that you like, or driving in particular? Uh, there's a freedom involved in just driving through the country. I know for myself, when I haven't had a car... I haven't been as happy as I have been in the moments when I do. And so I just enjoy the freedom of getting behind the wheel, of being a passenger, going for a drive, and just exploring new places. Tell me a time when you drove and it took you somewhere. Well, um, I was working on a cruise ship, and I needed to get to a wedding in Newfoundland from the Virgin Islands. So I had a connection in Washington, D.C., but unfortunately, even though it was August, all the planes were grounded. So I rented a car and drove uh, 13 hours to Toronto, which was my next connection, so that I could make it in time for the wedding in Newfoundland. So, but that's not how you had planned the trip to be, right? You missed your connection, or they grounded it? Originally, there was no car involved. I see. But with all the flights grounded for at least 24 hours, the car became a necessity. For you to get all the way to Newfoundland, so you had to drive. To Toronto. To Toronto. Wow. What are the things that you like to have with you when you drive? Do you have any sort of, like... I like fruit if it's a long drive because Mm -hmm. the sugar in the fruit wakes me up more than any caffeine could. I see. Um, It's fun to have snacks. Um, I was driving quite a bit when I was on the road with a tour for a few years, so my go-tos were nuts and 
jerky, just nice protein that fills you up as sure. you drive. I like to have the windows down when I drive. I find the fresh air mm-hmm. on my face very as do I. But it's difficult to relaxing. Fair. And uh, Amanda, so what's the prettiest drive you've ever done? Uh, I think the Maritimes is really pretty. Okay. I, I grew up on the St. John River, so uh, drives along there were necessity. Sure. There isn't much that's close to each other. So we spent a lot of time driving. And I have a great love for that river and the drives along it. It's a very hypnotic drive, driving through New Brunswick, I find, because you're constantly going in a similar sort of motion or a pattern, mm-hmm. and there's so many trees that sort of pass you by as you're driving, and more and more trees. It's very, it's a very relaxing and beautiful drive. It can be much more windy than somewhere like Ontario or Middle America. Sure. It's many more hills. Now, Amanda, through your driving through the U.S., have you ever encountered any interesting vegetation? Uh, yeah, there's cactuses. Cacti. Right, sure, throughout Aruba. Although I didn't see as many in the southern states, but I right. haven't really driven as much into places like Arizona or Texas. I've more just flown in and flown out of the cities. Uh, in the Dakotas, I did see tumbleweed oh. quite a bit. What's that like? Well, it's weed that tumbles. So is it like dried straw? It always looks like in... in Movies and whatnot. It always looks like draw, str- dried straw tumbling by. Is I that? think it is, but there's a particular weed um, that survives in the air. Okay. Uh, so similar to air plants that you can find in, say, a farmer's market. Sure. Or even in a grocery store. Um, they're meant to just hang without any dirt. Okay. Um, tumbleweed is, I think, a version of that that kind of looks like a moss of some kind oh. that lives in the air and then as it tumbles with the wind and it so on. It spreads pollen or seeds or whatnot. Yes, and also it collects dirt along the way. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That must have been interesting to see. It certainly was. The first one was interesting and then we saw so much more in like Wyoming. And sure. I, I think I saw my first one in Wyoming and then when I went to the Dakotas, it wasn't an anomaly anymore. You always picture, picture tumbleweed with, like, stagecoaches and sort of that. Have you ever been on a stagecoach? A proper stagecoach? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when I was young, I was in one. There's a carousel in Cape Cod. This is yeah. Massachusetts, of course. Yeah, in a place called Sturbridge Village. That's in Sandwich, Massachusetts, which is the first town you hit in Cape Cod. And it is, I think, the oldest carousel in the United States. Oh. And they have some old stagecoaches there that you can hop in and ride. Tell me about this carousel. Did you hop on the oldest? Uh... Uh, many times. Oh, really? Young, yeah. We would go to the carousel. We would get ice cream. Often we would go to Plymouth Plantation, which is not in Cape Cod, but not far. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now... The coolest drive I've ever taken would have to be the drive in California from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I've done that drive. It's a beautiful drive with the Pacific Ocean on your shoulder, and you hit all these sort of towns that you've heard of in California, Mm -hmm. pretty places. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some not so pretty. Sure, as you would. Fresno. Fresno's not a pretty town? Not to my recollection. Okay. When I did that drive, most of it I did at night. So. Okay, wow. 
Monterey. Monterey is beautiful. San Simeon. Like, there's all these places that you drive by that are just so gorgeous. Monterey is beautiful. Yeah. Also, did the, um, I think it's a 101 highway in Florida. Sure. That you're by the Atlantic Ocean's on your shoulder, I believe, as you're driving. To the Keys. You mean. Yeah. Yeah. We did that together. It was quite, quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember we hit Dungeness Crab? Yes. No. Was it Dungeness? No, it wasn't, because Dungeness Crab is a crab from the West Coast. It was Stone Stone Crab, crab. was in season. That's the crab that has the black tips on their Just cl- the black claws. tips. Yep, on their claws, and uh, they were quite tasty. I'm a big fan of crabs, but you like lobster. I do. Do you remember what what island that was in, that mm-hmm. we had that crab? Yeah, I do. Marathon. No. Um, Key Largo. Key Largo. There you go. Well, I like lobster a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the best lobster is fresh from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan so much of rock lobster, although if it's fresh, it's delicious. Right. I had some in the Philippines once that was really fresh, but generally speaking, if you're going to eat lobster, you better eat it on the East Coast. If you're eating it from frozen, something quite is the same. lost in the translations. Really. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lobsters like to, or they don't like to, but they take a hot water bath before you chomp in the, into them. And I know, Amanda, you like taking baths. Yeah, not quite as hot as a lobster boil, but sure. certainly I, I do like it. What is stuff. it about a bath that relaxes you? Uh, just being surrounded in water. Mm-hmm. Sometimes think, I heard once that we all come from water and we spend our whole life trying to get back to it. Oh. And uh, I think that resonates for me, certainly. So I'm happiest when I'm in water sure. and living in the city bath is sometimes as close as I can get a little splish splash in the tub mm-hmm. reading a magazine having a nice coffee or a glass of wine depending on the time of day sure those especially if it's a fresh new magazine that I'm cracking the spine on that to mm-hmm. me is the greatest joy there you go in a bath sure I'm more of a shower person. I like to take a hot shower and sure. just let the shower uh, mm-hmm. be, I guess you'd call it the shower head, just the spray. The spray just sort of relax me. And uh, I could stay there for hours. Mm-hmm. Do you like a lot of water pressure when you take a shower, or do you prefer a light, sort of, you know, gentle, sort of rain type shower? I like both. Okay. I like having the ability to get both. So if I have sore muscles, if it's the end of a day, then sure. I definitely like um, a pulse of some kind, um, some sort of water pressure, uh, so that I can target it to certain areas, muscles. If it's the beginning of the day, then a rain shower is particularly refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I feel lucky because... In this house, we have two bathrooms. One has now, now that we have renovated, a rain shower. The other has the pulse. So it's a nice um, option that I have, depending on where I want to take a shower in the morning. I've never been a fan of the sort of handheld shower heads that are kind of like, almost Mm -hmm. like a phone. You see them a lot in Europe. That's not my preference. I prefer one that has a stronger sort of jet stream. That's my personal preference. Although I have taken showers where they have jets on the side versus 
up high coming mm -hmm. down. They sort of hit you from all sides. We have a version of that here, mm -hmm. um, body jets. Yes. Um, so it can go rain shower, it can go body jets, or you can get a combination of both, which is usually too much water, but kind of nice if mm -hmm. that's what you'd like. In terms of the telephone showerhead, they're quite popular in Asia as well. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there's something very useful about being able to hold the nozzle. Um, if you have a pet, they're very, very useful. Or uh, child. Or child. Mm -hmm. uh, washing feet is particularly useful with a telephone shower. So if you live in a beachy or sanded area, right. they're very helpful. So they do serve a purpose. They're also very helpful when you have an old fashioned tub and no space to properly put a shower head, then you can fashion one of those. It's well, easier. There you go. Mm -hmm. Amanda, you're a big fan of pools too. Do you prefer yeah. a saltwater pool or a traditional sort of chlorinated pool? Oh, I don't know if I can choose. Okay. I like any pool. All right. A clean pool is the pool that I like. I do enjoy saltwater, um, but there is a nostalgic love for chlor chlorinated pools because that's what I grew up with. Okay. And so I have sweet memories of the chlorine on my skin and my hair, mm -hmm. my bathing suit. What is important for you when it comes to a pool other than cleanliness? Or what are, if you had a pool in your backyard right mm -hmm. now, what would be some of the top priorities you would ensure that pool had? If it wasn't an in-ground pool, if it was an above-ground pool, then I'd make sure there was a really lovely deck around it. Okay. I'm um, not a big fan of just a metal tub plunked in the middle of a backyard. Mm -hmm. So if it had some sort of landscaping around it, which some above-ground pools have, which is really lovely, that's great. Otherwise, I prefer an in-ground pool. I know they're more expensive. Does shape factor in there? Shape of the pool? I know that kidney uh, shape. Personally, was... for me, were I to get a pool, I would get a straight, a nice long rectangle. Okay. Why is that? A thin rectangle, in fact. Oh. Almost like a brick. Um, for me, I like to do laps. I see. And it's harder to do laps in a rounded or kidney-shaped pool. Not mm -hmm. impossible, but harder. I see. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with um, kidney-shaped pools. The pool my parents have now in their house in Florida is more of an hourglass type of shape. Oh. Mm -hmm. Cool. What about uh, public pools? Like, you know, the Olympic-sized public pools. Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy those? I do, mm -hmm. but it's a different type of enjoyment. There's one close to our house that is only open for two months in the summer, so I try to go to it as much as I can. Take advantage. Sure. Um, I do enjoy a public pool, but... Um, What's your earliest pool memory? Hmm, my earliest pool memory is... My parents, the construction, coming over to dig the pool. Mm -hmm. In terms of playing in the pool and swimming in the pool, I remember I had to wear a flotation device okay. in the shallow end. I wasn't allowed to go in the deep end for a long time. There's always the um, the rope made of plastic, and that rope, the chlorine would eat away at it, so it always kind of scratch you oh. when you went past it. But I remember perfecting my somersaults as I got a bit older in the shallow end. And I got up to 22 somersaults I could do in a row without coming up here. Wow. I would use my arms. They were not a proper somersault, but mm -hmm. I would use my arms 
to propel my little body underwater. Right. So as my arms went in circles, my body would whip around faster. And I, 22 was my max. But said I wasn't good with numbers, so it could have been closer to 11. Okay, fair enough. Now, from pools to the ocean, have you ever snorkeled? I have. And what do you what do you think of snorkeling? The do you first, enjoy it? I do, I love it. Okay. The first time I snorkeled was in the Philippines. Okay. And I loved it. I fell instantly in love. The silence underwater is something I really, really love. Um, my family talked a lot. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. I certainly love uh, a life filled with noise and chatter and discussion and music. But the serenity of being underwater is something you can't match. And being able to just be part of that life, even just for a short window in time, is quite lovely. Have you seen any interesting sea creatures as you snorkel? I have. I've snorkeled with stingrays oh. in the Cayman Islands. I saw gorgeous fish and coral in Thailand and the Philippines. Um, Bermuda had really fascinating fish, although it was much more difficult to snorkel unless you were in a bay there because the, it, because it is surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean. It's mm-hmm. pretty intense water. I remember uh, finding a conch shell mm-hmm. with the animal still in it right. while I was snorkeling. I was able to sort of look at it and pick it up and really examine what it looks like because when you see them in the water, mm-hmm. they blend in so well because there's a lot of algae on them. They're not as like mm-hmm. shiny and pink as you see them once they sell the shells on the beach sure. once they've been used for food or whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, that was neat. And I once saw squid, mm-hmm. a school of squid as I was uh, snorkeling. Speaking of delicious sea creatures, mm-hmm. conch and squid, very delicious. Mm-hmm. Conch salads. Conch fritters. Conch um, sandwich. There is, I yeah. think I've had all Grilled three of those. Conch, there yeah. you go. Yeah, good. And, of course, squid is delicious. When I lived in Korea, squid was the number one seafood eaten there. Mm-hmm. Very much like squid. You can go into a shop of nothing but dried squid. Really? Hanging almost as though it's clothing in racks, drying. Are you a fan of uh, dried squid? I am, but I'm much bigger fan of fresh squid. I see. Yeah. Dried squid is very, it's almost like a jerky. It's okay. a salty kind of leathery product. Right. So it's, you kind of get used to it, but it's not. If you're not used to it, it's something that takes a while, I think. I like a lot of lemon with my mm-hmm. with my seafood, in particular with calamari. Mm-hmm, me too. Have you ever picked a lemon off a tree? Hmm. Um, my parents used to have a home that had a sort of lemon-orange-citrus combination fruit. So one time I picked all of it off a tree and attempted to make a lemonade. Right. It was pretty bitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the fruit was? Like a quince or a more like a... No, it was, um, I think it was a type of orange. Okay. But not an orange known for... Juicy. It could be like a like a wild a wild orange of some sort. Uh, sure. I know whenever I'm in uh, Florida at your parents' place, we go to this one place called Hales that has mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, citrus, and they right. sell it, and you can order it by mail through them as well, and get packages delivered to you. I think they were one of Oprah's favorite things. Oh, really? 
I think so. I know they're in lots of Oprah magazines online. Oh, there you go. Well, if they're not one of her favorite th things, they're certainly one of my favorite things. I love uh, grapefruit and mm -hmm. oranges and lemon and once. When I was in southern Italy in uh, the Campania area mm -hmm. by Amalfi, they have this lemon that is so huge, the size of a small football almost. Uh -huh. I couldn't believe how large it was. I had to buy one to really sort of see and mm -hmm. peel back the skin. It had so much pith that it was like mainly skin. The, the fruit inside wasn't as, as right. big as you would have expected it to yeah. be based on the size of the actual lemon. Uh, lemon. And I love candied peel, like orange peel or lemon peel. Sure. How about you? Uh, yeah, I love um, a candy ginger oh. in particular. But uh, yeah, candied orange is lovely too. Mm -hmm. I know um, my favorite cannoli has a candied orange, candied orange peel there you go. on it, which with pistachios is pretty mm -hmm. divine. And pretty traditional as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I once uh, picked a pomegranate off a tree. Oh. Yeah, that's not something you see very often. Very messy to eat in an office environment, the pomegranate. Oh, I would, I would say. Yeah, I've ruined many blouses. Eat. trying to eat a pomegranate in an office environment. And that juice stains really it does. Yeah, really yeah. well. Um, and now, you, now you can buy sort of pre-peeled pomegranates in little cups. Sure. But how like, lazy are we that we have to do that? Well, I, I don't know if it's so much laziness as it is trying not to get the stain on you at work. It's a sort of compact way of doing it. It's just, I have a fundamental issue with buying something encased in plastic when nature doesn't do that. We do. Right. That's why I like bananas, one of the mm -hmm. simplest sort of fruits, because it's in its own sort of packaging. You just got to peel it from there. It's the number one fruit eaten in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah. The number one fruit is bananas, followed by apples. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is pretty fun, because you can't really get bananas in most places in the States, but apples would grow pretty much in every state. You mean you can't get them to grow in most right. states? Right. That you it's can't not, um, you know, I'm sure in California and Hawaii, parts of Florida, maybe mm -hmm. Texas, they would have bananas, but really they're more of a Central American right. fruit. And yeah, it's the number one fruit consumed in the United States. I love pears. Pears my favorite. Pears. Pears are very wonderful. There's so many different kinds. Yeah. Bosque. Bartlett, those are the two that I know, but I'm sure there's And you? Yes. Do you know the difference? I know that they're all delicious. I know Bartlett is my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Those are the greenier pears. Yeah. Bosque, browner skin. Yeah. And you, I don't know. And just a little bit more pale in color, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have all three kinds in the fridge, so. Oh, then I guess I better start eating them yeah. before they, they turn. I also love watermelon. Mm, I love watermelon. There's too. something about watermelon. I think we had a conversation about this, uh, Nidhi and I, with mm. regards to the fact that you find now that when you get watermelon, you don't see so many seeds in it. And I kind of miss the little black seeds that you get water, used to get find in watermelon. Right? Mm. Well, I guess they're being homogenized and bred out of the watermelon. Mm. I don't know if homogenized is the right word, but no. Now, what about um, this? Has always proven to be a bit controversial amongst uh, our friends. The difference between a cantaloupe and a musk melon. 
I wouldn't know. I've never had a musk melon. You actually have a musk melon, but oh. you think it's uh, cantaloupe because in North America they tend we tend to eat more musk melons. Really? But they're disguised as cantaloupe because they are so similar in nature. Really? So there's a good chance you've had musk melon thinking it was cantaloupe. Which is sweeter? I believe the cantaloupe is sweeter than the musk melon. But I would have to ask our friend Dale because she's quite the sort of expert on musk melons versus cantaloupe. Yeah. So it was through her that I discovered that there was an actual Foreshadowing for another broadcast. Yeah, another episode with mm -hmm. Dale and her knowledge on the yeah. musk melon. Have you ever been in a in a store where they spray perfume on you? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're allowed to do it anymore because so many people have allergies now. I had a job once where I had to spray perfume on people on Father's Day. That's horrible. Yeah, it That's was a uh, horrible job. I know. I hated every minute of it, but I'd have to be like, would you like to try a new scent? Mm -hmm. Would you like to try a new scent? It was, um, yeah, probably the worst job I've ever had. I wouldn't, I grew up in a small town, so that was definitely not one of the jobs on offer. There was nowhere big enough to spray perfume on people. Mm hmm. We didn't have a department store, really, or anything like that. No. No. It would have been an hour away. Wow. Our big summer jobs were working in a factory or water slides, being a lifeguard. Oh. That mm. was, like, the good job. Were you ever a lifeguard? No, I wasn't. I didn't have any formal training in swimming until I was 16 and then did all my levels in a month. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I was 16, so sure. could you know, knock off the stuff that kids do pretty quickly. Fair, fair you enough. You know, bubbles in the water, things like that. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so it was just perfecting. A lot of the strokes I was able to do, I just didn't have any technique. So, um, it'd be like if a kid had a pair of ice skates and skated on a pond behind their house and did all the stuff on their own without ever having any formal training. Sure. That was the way I was with swimming. Nice. My sister is a lifeguard, mm -hmm. and she worked at one of those big sort of amusement pool parks. And, right. and uh, I remember her, like, always sort of with her hair back and wearing a white shirt that said the name of the location, and she'd right. be going off to the right. lifeguard. And uh, she never had to save anyone, mm -hmm. but she did have to yell at kids to get them out of the sort of deep end when they were... When I first moved to the city the first year, we took a bus to that location because we didn't have access to water at all. We dreamt about going to this water park, so we hopped on a bus north of, to go north of the city to go. So I often wonder if your sister was a lifeguard when I was there oh. that one time. Oh, we'll have to figure it out. I think we went on a Wednesday or something. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and all our sort of water talk. Mm -hmm. Right, Amanda? We talked mm -hmm. a lot about Absolutely. You jump from baths to pools to oceans. To things that you eat in the water, there to you things go. you see snorkel. Well, as always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drunk Cast Productions, and we hope you had the opportunity to listen and sleep.